This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. And I'm Skylar Sokol. And today, on the 56th episode of Quality Time, we're going to be talking about a game design topic. Not Woo. from The Art of Dame, Game Design, A Book of Lenses. I know everyone listening is going to be like, wow, not a Jesse Shell topic. I mean, I honestly, I think this was talked about in that book anyway, though. Jesse Shell got there first, we all know. but <laughs> He got there kidding. better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jesse Shell plug and not even a Jesse Shell podcast <laughs> topic. Uh, this book, this this topic comes from a book called Characteristics of Games. It's a book by George Scafelius, Robert Gushera, and Richard Garfield. If you if that name sounds familiar, it's because he is the designer of Magic: The Gathering, among many other things too, like Artifact, Valve's failed card game, and uh, a bunch of other stuff too. I think yeah. he helped design Android Netrunner, which was a card game before Magic. They actually, I don't know. He's a cool dude. Yeah. No, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the uh, first third of this book that I, I'm, I'm going through. And one of the first things they talk about, this book is like, it's not meant to be um definitive take on defining some of these things they cover. It's more of it, the perspective is these, these three guys with game designing experience and game development experience. And they're just trying to uh, – and by the way, uh, I'll say like uh, as you're kind of alluding to with Richard Garfield being a card game general uh, designer, uh, having mm-hmm. a lot hit, a hit of history there, this is not necessarily strictly a video game book. Video games okay. are obviously a part of it, a big right. part of it, but – it's just games in general. Games they in talk general. about cool. sports. They talk about card games. Well, as we've talked about, we've always drawn parallels between board games and real real sports and all that stuff in video games. So we all know yep. those topics go very in hand for sure. Yep. Um, although they do have some significant differences, as we've also like alluded to before. So. And Jesse Shell talks about those things yeah. in his book. He does. He talks about the technology you use to implement stuff. Maybe one day mm-hmm. we'll have a top, uh, podcast about that. It is interesting, I think. Um, we've talked about board games before. If you're listening to this, we've had a board games podcast, I want to say. Or the Hearth, maybe. Anyway, board games have come up before in our podcast yep. episode. Many times. So... Uh, the book starts, one of the very first things they cover in the book is this notion of playtime game and the, the different ways to break down playtime in games. Okay. Specifically, yep. they use five terms to define different, if you will, units of gameplay time. Right. How okay. to measure gameplay time and put a term to different amounts of time you play a game. Right. Yep. So I'll, I'll I'll read them to you real quick. Yeah, give us give us the rundown. The five the names of the name of the five things are atom, an atom is one unit of time. Atom, a t o m, an atom. A t o m. Yes. Game is a length of time, like a game's worth, like an atom's worth, a game's worth, if you will. A session, a campaign, mm-hmm. and a match. And so, like more specifically, so an atom is shorter than a match. It de- 
as you'll see, as they talk about, it kind of depends per game, right? So, okay, okay. Um, well, why, yeah, why don't you give us the brief descriptions of them? So, Adam is like the smallest complete unit of play in the sense that the players feel they've really played some of the game. They use the example of like one level in Donkey Kong. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know if 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 you can off the top of your head, like I feel like uh, in in Halo, uh, an Adam of gameplay might be like. I don't know, getting some a kill almost like it, Halo's got this like thirty seconds of fun thing that the game designers use. I feel like that's probably the atom of gameplay: spawning, finding an opponent, putting shots down, throwing. A I grenade, mean, are you talking dying, about multiplayer shooting. Halo, or are you talking about single player? Yeah, Halo? sorry, Mul- multiplayer. Halo. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably. That, what I, I mean, think it, there might be an argument for it to be a match, though, right? Because there's like power weapons and stuff that comes into play on a timed element in in the length of a full game that you couldn't get from just the experience of a kill. And so, I think as I think in the stuff I read about this section, they talk about how an atom needs to. If you're gonna really accurately get, like define an atom for a game, you need to see the majority of the elements in the game in that atom, right? So potentially. Out there, because there are like you know power weapons and power ups, right? In Halo, that you might not see in just a single kill. Mm-hmm. That play a big role, as far as I know. Yeah, no, you could, ar- yeah, you could totally argue that without experiencing like the power ups and the power weapons, you didn't really experience the Halo game, right? right you just shot your charge pistol or whatever. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So anyway, that's a thing we'll talk touch no, on no, yeah. before. I think at the Adam is such a big like key to this whole conversation. Also, I after reading this chapter, I feel like so much more enlightened about why I have the game preferences I have, honestly. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like this um, like really nailed a lot of stuff for me. One no, an Adam is actually a like well-defined term in game theory as well and is used in game theory. M- uh, mathematical game theory. Yes. Yes, because I, maybe a lot of our listeners don't know game theory is actually a mathematical uh, field. Can you call it field? Uh, yeah, field. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting. I don't know if that's what you're looking up right now, what the definition is kind of in the game I, theory I am, field. yeah, but you continue with our other one. Next one. Game. A game is what's conventionally thought of as the length of the game. A standard full round of play. Most typically starting from a standard beginning state and ending with a determination of a winner. A game of Rocket League, right? A match of Slayer in Halo. Uh, whatever you want to put in. That's, that's I think, maybe the most e- the easiest one to understand of all of these to, to wrap our heads around. Yeah. Set, um, s- yeah, go ahead. Actually, I'll give this example later. I, have a, I, think there, I actually think fighting games illustrate this whole concept quite well. So we'll talk about that once, cool. once you're done with the description. Next session... A single continuous period of play. Like, I, my gaming session is I sit down to play some games tonight. That's my game session. So that's sure. what session is here. Or the, so this the way is a human-determined session, not a session determined by the game. Right. Correct. So it's like a meta, a meta thing. Mm-hmm. Campaign okay. is the next one. This is a series of games or sessions that are all linked in some way. I think an easy example here is like sports have their leagues. Esports um, camp a campaign would be like an esports league, like the the season, right? Interesting. Okay. So um, this can also be something. It, it can it can be different. Like the weekly poker game at Randy's place is what they use, um, or like an ongoing RPG, like paper RPG thing. All right. Okay. Um, sound good. Next one. 
match. I think this one also is kind of easy to understand. It's a series of individual games commonly agreed on as the correct amount of play in order to arrive at a satisfactory determination of the victor. Best of seven. Best okay, of five. So that has, so that, so that is, uh, and that's not in the length, like getting longer chain that we were in before. A match is outside yeah, of this whole kind of an scale. Out, yep, kind of outside. Okay, of all okay, that. that makes sense. Um, um, yeah. So in fighting yeah. games, like in Street Fighter, for example, or Tekken, you have rounds, um, which I would call a game in this sense, or or an atom. Honestly, I think a. Well, actually, that's not true. So in fighting games, you call a round. A round would be the atom. A round is just one set until a player gets to zero health. Okay. Then a game is a set of rounds, like two rounds. If the game is like two, you need to win two rounds to win the game, then it's two rounds. That's the game. Then the match is usually like a three out of five set of games in fighting games. And that's with how they refer to it in like fighting game tournaments. So like a player needs to win three games. A player needs to win one match to win the match, which is Best three out of five games, and each of those three out of five games is like two out of three rounds or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So fighting games really naturally, like, additively build on themselves to build these units of measurement. I think it gets way more complicated in, like, a campaign, a, like, Halo campaign, mm-hmm. or, you know, or, some, or a narrative-driven game, like, What Remains of Edith Finch or whatever, right? Like, a game where... Those games, it's way harder to define these things. Well, and, and they, they, this, it brings up an interesting thing where they talk about games where it's possible to have, like, we th- naturally you think of the atom as something that's smaller than a session or, you know, like you sitting down to play. At least when we talk about these, like, round based games or like a multiplayer game, it totally, uh, it, seem, it seems logical that an atom would always be shorter. Right. But what they argue is that uh-huh. there are certain experiences that the atom could even extend to be beyond a session length. That yeah, that's the, interesting. That the, the, uh, again, like we were saying before, if the atom is the smallest complete unit of play and that the sense the right. players feel they've really played something, then, uh, like one argument they use here, I think an example that many will be familiar with is chess. And you actually did have some thoughts on this. When I read that what they said about chess, I, I, like personally agreed i'm not a huge chess player right played it somewhat casually throughout my life but what they say here is that the game can be fairly long but there's no atom really shorter than the game itself so this is not necessarily session this is the atom is not shorter than the game in their opinion for chess the an atom and a chess the atom of a chess game is a complete chess game yeah what do you think um no i i agree with that statement um but okay. I think they go on to say something that I didn't like. Yeah, because they, they say this makes chess less satisfying as a game to squeeze into a few empty moments. Yes, yeah. that's what bothered me because there's like so many variants of chess now. Like there's bullet chess where each player has one minute of it's, time yeah. to win the game. So how does bullet chess work? You have one you, minute. You have a minute. Each player has the one minute. Is- when you, if you run out of time, you lose. The game itself is one minute, or you have, like, one minute of your turn time? You have one minute of turn time, and your opponent has one minute of turn time. So the game is a maximum of two minutes long. Right, so, and they actually talk about this. Uh, I didn't include it in my highlight summary. I sent it to you, but they talk about how basically different player bases in different parts of the world um, have sort of tended to 
shift in the way they play chess that generally speaking the the ter- like i think it i I'm, i might be saying this wrong but like on in the west chess is played at a slower pace than like in the east because the game go has kind of taken a similar niche over there that chess has in the west where go is like a longer thing and chess is played i think they were saying that like it's like speed chess where maximum amount of time each player can take on their turn is like five minutes or some shit. Yeah, so there's a bunch of different like variations. There's blitz, there's rapid, there's bullet chess, all these different things. I think with the with the moving of chess's popularity to the internet, actually, the atom of chess has become much smaller and people generally play rapid chess, which is like 15 minutes per person of move time um, okay. to 20 minutes a person per move time. So you're uh, like whereas like 30 in, to 40 over minutes the board max. in person chess, it was like hour or more of move time, right? That was like the chess they're talking about. I think like probably since this book has been written, it's be- speed chess has become almost the norm of how you play chess now. Interesting. Um, and like rapid chess, which is like 20 minutes per person, isn't even considered like fast chess anymore. Like fast chess is like blitz, which is three minutes per person or bullet, which is one minute per person. Yeah. Yeah. Three minutes. Wait, uh, speed chess, I think is what you called it. The three minute one. Blitz. Blitz. Blitz is uh, three minutes total per person. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's also then probably like this whole meta of like not wanting to spend too much time at the beginning. You might want to save it later or something. Yeah, people prepare like it, it creates this really interesting meta in the game where people need to prepare openings and people basically like memorize all these like well theorized out openings for chess so they can play like the first like 10 to 20 moves of the game like almost instantly both players frequently are like just playing the moves instantly and only then does someone like make an out of theory move and then the game really begins really starts yeah no it makes sense um anyway i want to some, some of the this this particular section that they're talking about yeah time comes right after they talk about that games are influenced by the kinds of people or or more games should be cognizant of the kinds of people who play them and that the, or designed with that knowledge in mind because uh, they and that games somehow can be shaped by the kinds of people who play them. Uh, they, 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 they call it this agential nature of games, blah, blah, blah. And they are what they're talking about here is how play times. The amount, like the the notion they just said here in chess that when if if the atom is long, it takes longer to get that satisfying game loop, you know, completed, if you will, um, and that that might turn away people who don't have enough time to commit to to experiencing that. Right. Mm-hmm. That for me personally, I think, has been one of the reasons why I've over the last I don't know I feel like ten years have gravitated more towards these like. Uh, I feel like games like Rocket League, like Halo, especially in the multiplayer space, have like a lot of small atoms that happen continuously through a game. So that by the time you're done with a game, the amount of, if you will, satisfaction that you get in eight minutes is much greater than like if I spend eight minutes playing Final Fantasy, for example. Right? Sure. So right. um, even if even if potentially the amount of satisfaction you would get from like completing a Final Fantasy game is greater than the total amount of satisfaction you would get for playing Rocket League for that long. It doesn't really feel that way in the short term, and thus it doesn't look like a very strong prospect. Yeah, I mean, and they do talk about, you're kind of alluding to there, that there are, 
having short, compelling atoms, if you will, um, strong atomic <laughs> design. I don't know uh-huh. if you can say that. Um, does have its own pitfalls that you have to account for, right? If your game is really satisfying in these short atomic bursts or whatever, what keeps a player around maybe for a long time, right? Right. Right. Um, well, and that's the beauty of Rocket League, right? With such a high skill ceiling. Well, yeah, that's true. The intri- there's, right. then there's, you, then you get into those extrinsic and intrinsic rewards totally. of, of games. Uh, I was going to, I, I thought may, makes sense that you said that. I was kind of thinking you might say the ranking system, right? That so many games have that I think helps people, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. like these competitive Progression time. systems in general are totally a way to do that. Like extrin, I think intrinsically a way to do it is with depth of the like yep. gameplay and the skill yep. skill ceiling and extrinsic ways to do that are through progression and ranked systems. Totally true. Uh, they, it, I, I want to ask you, so they, they talk here about, um, uh, let me again, speak a little bit, uh, read off here what they, what they write. An atom practically has to be shorter than a session since the atom is the shortest satisfying unit of play. And a session is the amount of time you can actually play. A person can actually play in that particular instance. An atom longer than a session is not usually a pleasing experience. Have you? Can you think of a game that you've played that rings a bell on this front? Like that you felt you like couldn't commit enough time to experiencing it satisfyingly? Like when you would sit down? No? I don't really know. I, I, I don't feel like... I have one in mind. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm interested to hear about it, and we'll be interested to see if that is because you weren't able to complete an atom, or because the individual atoms just weren't satisfying for you. Because that's more what I'm thinking of than a game where an actual atom was too long. So for me, it's actually the atom was fun, and I liked doing it. It was that it's literally it was too long. This gets to the agential element of this, right? I. I don't know. You tell me what you think, but generally, what the the gameplay sessions that I have, I feel like are shorter than the ones you have. Like that, generally, when you sit down to play games, you play for longer than I do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, well, dep- sometimes, but yeah, I think in general, yeah, not yes. not always. Generally right. speaking, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I played of- Cyberpunk for like eight and a half hours last week one, <laughs> in one day. So, <laughs> uh, Sea of Thieves is the one that comes to my mind. Because I loved Sea of Thieves. I still love that game. But the amount of time it takes, like, the, I feel like the atom of Sea of Thieves is that you spawn in, you collect your initial shit to run your voyage, a voyage, and you run the voyage. In my yeah, I opinion, think one voyage is an atom of Sea of Thieves. And that's, I think lo- so. that's like 30 plus minutes generally. At least like well uh, and usually you're like chaining voyages and shit which makes it way longer and is way more efficient so like you're not gonna just do like one voyage and be like i am done playing sea of thieves and generally i play sea of thieves with somebody i think that game is personally i find it to be most fun when you play with people totally if you're playing with people that also adds a that usually slows you down to some extent from the perspective of you fuck around you go fishing you uh you play instruments on the boat you play instruments on the boat which is fun. It makes the game f- more fun. But like, I personally felt that I couldn't do anything in Sea of Thieves unless I had at least like forty-five minutes to play. I, I yeah, I would say my Sea of Thieves sessions rarely lasted like three hours. Yeah. Or rarely lasted less than like two to three hours. Yeah, agreed. That's usually how mine worked too. Um, like, and even I, then, you were like, "There's more we wanted to do, and we're just stopping because we played for long enough." You can't really like 
if you've committed to a voyage and you put like 20 minutes into like collecting your shit and getting to the spot, it, it, you're, it's almost like stupid to like not finish it from that. No, you can't stop in the middle because you don't, you don't hold, keep the stuff. Yeah. You, you just, can't like, save you if get you will. Screwed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So like literally you are forced to have a voyage be an atom. This is a great example. I, I did, had not thought about Sea of Thieves. That so, like totally the atom is a voyage and a voyage is long. Yep. <laughs> and, and, uh, Unfortunately, it extended beyond. This is again the the thing that it boiled down to. Not only do I not have a ton of time or choose not to put a ton of time into playing, but in addition, if I if I'm comparing Sea of Thieves and getting a compelling Sea of Thieves experience going with a friend and blah 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 to just like jumping into Rocket League for 45 minutes, this is just this seems like such a easier access to satisfying experience for 45 minutes than this one you know what i mean totally and maybe maybe if you extend that to say oh look you have three hours free maybe now sea of thieves is looking like the more appealing option but i mean when uh, unfortunately we didn't actually execute it but when christmas break came by and like uh you know brother-in-laws and stuff were all free the, the the first thing everyone was like we gotta play some sea of thieves we have the time we have the whatever uh-huh. so yeah, yeah i agree with you yeah um so a game i'm thinking about here that i would like to discuss is like cyberpunk for example yep like what's an ad so what's interesting right is cyberpunk sort of it fails to say like if you're trying to say an atom is experiencing like uh the majority of like the stuff available to you in like a game loop like I don't even think a single playthrough of the entire cyberpunk story give like lets you experience every like there's so much I did not experience in my single playthrough. Yeah, it's true. Which I don't know. So, you tell me. What do you think? Right? I don't know. I want to say like my lot. My instinct is that it would be like one one mission. Right? Would be an atom. One mission that involves both a narrative element and a combat element, right? Because those are the two major like experiences you have in the game. Narrative what's experiences a narr- and combat what, like, experiences. What's a narrative element? Like, like a cutscene? Conversa- conversational stuff where you're picking dialogue yeah. options and communicating with people and stuff like that. Okay. And then a combat element. But like the systems are so deep that like there's so many things I could say you wouldn't get to experience if you just had one combat experience. But mm-hmm. that's probably what the atom is still. It just, I don't know, maybe this is more showing a flaw in this descriptional system in that, like, maybe once games get too complex, it doesn't really work as well anymore. Or there's, yeah, I, I, like, from my perspective, they talk about this a little bit, but they don't necessarily give it a term. They talk about these sub games and I don't think they, I don't know if they call it metagames or I'm thinking they call it Uh that, but that take place in these, uh free-flowing long-running games with like maybe like a lot of little atoms because what i was thinking in cyberpunk you could in a particular combat sequence based off of what you've described like just executing a hack could almost be a atom of hacking you know sure if you like took an atom but the problem is there's so many different ways to hack that you're not experiencing like the whole hacking system it'd be like an atom of distract enemy of that, like, one hack, right? Yeah, um, no, it's true. I think true. maybe the reality, though, and now I think I'm realizing, is that when we're talking about games from the perspective of this book, games, when, remember, like, if we think back to our definition of a game, f- from the game theoretical perspective, like, cyberpunk isn't a game. Right? Games are like chess, where you have two players competing, and there is a path to victory, right? Mm-hmm. 
And this system seems way better equipped to describe those things than it does to describe, like, what Cyberpunk is, is more of an experience than a game. Yeah. I, you know I, what I understand mean? what you're saying. Yeah. I feel like those, these big complex games like that are, uh, they, they're just like games inside of games, you know, like it's games, true. games, 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 games. But I don't, I don't like from a pure theoretical perspective, I don't even know if they're games, right? Yeah. From the perspective of this book. And I'm curious, did this book go into true. what they define a game as? Like, do they talk about like what uh, they do? I can maybe look at it while you're talking, but yeah, I'm just curious, right? Because I would expect based on the way they've described this, that they're thinking about games more like sports games and like board games and multiplayer video games. Yeah, I'll definitely and not say, like yeah. a single player narrative experience or whatever. I'll, I'll definitely say that they um, they do apply constraints or context to the things they're talking about when they say that. Like in the subsequent chapter after this one, they're talking about single player versus multiplayer games. And they do talk about the definition of like we're, when we say single player, we just mean like like a one player against maybe AI, maybe not against like the game rules or something. Zero player being like an idle game. Uh, and then when we say multiplayer, we mean like one interesting distinction they made in this book is multiplayer to them is three or more teams. What? Yeah. Even though multiplayer so Rocket League is not a multiplayer game, right? They classified it as this other thing. I don't remember what, what it was. What the heck? That's yeah, they, very interesting. Yeah. So th- this is definitely their language and they have they apply a context to it that we I you know don't didn't say like like yeah, you're saying like what a game is. Um but no, I'm just yeah, yeah, it doesn't really matter how they define. It. I think it's just more we're realizing that right? Like this system works really well when we're talking about sports or multiplayer games and it gets really complicated when we start talking about these like long form single player experiences yes yes um i feel like i'm almost there yeah that's fine um i I, I just wanted to say when when you're talking about what what i games like cyberpunk the way you described a mission is what comes to mind for me when you talk about an atom like a atom of experience maybe right Like, if you were going to say an atom for Halo campaign mode, what would you say? Would you say a mission? Right. Right? Well, and I, think I don't know. Maybe in Halo, it's a checkpoint, which is like a subset. That's what I, I was thinking campaign? about Doom Eternal and like, Doom 2016. Right. It would be, like, exactly. one combat encounter. It's not, like, the whole mission. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, it's that one combat space that you kind of have to beat to move through. That's, like, the atom totally. of the experience. Totally. You know, another genre that you don't like that I'm now thinking about Adams for is Battle Royale games. Yep. And the Adam of a Battle Royale game is almost always an entire game, exp- yep. especially at the be- at the like less skilled level. I mean, like when you watch streamers play Battle Royales, they're like in fights constantly and they're experiencing like what I think the Adam for them is like one combat encounter in a Battle Royale. But the problem for newer players in Battle Royales is you frequently only have one combat encounter in a whole game, mm-hmm. right? So your Adam becomes like 30 minutes again, 30 to 45 minutes, and you're only having that one one satisfying experience or probably unsatisfying experience that you're just getting killed. It's interesting. Yeah, your your perception of what a 
as they call it, compelling round of play is for something can shift with the amount of experience you have. Because I, yeah. I think I agree with you. I, I don't feel even like a good player when they first play a battle royale, a new one, let's say, you just you don't get the full experience until you play the whole thing. You know, a right. whole game of it. Eventually, you can almost say though, that an atom of a battle royale is winning one battle that battle royale once. Yeah, you could. You could say <laughs> but, that. But I mean, there I like I've never won I don't think I've ever won Apex Legends and I've enjoyed playing it a lot, so that sort of contradicts that. But like at the same time, it's I don't know. It's hard it's hard to say and it's it's weird. Battle royales are definitely weird, and I think it definitely relates directly to what you're saying, where an atom is too long for you to want to stick around. Well and and I think another thing I personally felt in my time playing Battle Royales is that the whether it's too long or not, that in itself is a dynamic that's not under is not guaranteed. You might end up playing a game where you don't have a ton of action. And then like especially if you're inexperienced, you don't really know where shit is. You ran into like two guys in fucking 30 minutes, and then you'll have another game where you ran into like 10 guys, and that one mm-hmm. had more action. Like I said, uh, inexperience. Probably when you're experienced, you can find people easier, whatever. But uh, that's another part of if I have a limited amount of time and I'm choosing what to commit my time to, what experience. A game like Rocket League, you know exactly – like you have a much better idea of the amount of what you're going to get with those eight minutes than you are with a Battle Royale's eight minutes. Totally. And I've thought about Dota a lot uh, relating to this when I've thought about playing Dota. It's like one bad Dota game, like one really unfun Dota game, which you can randomly have like you can in any multiplayer game, is like 45 minutes to an hour of your time. One bad Rocket League game is five minutes, right? So just like the fact that you're playing this risk reward game, whether you're going to have like a really good fun game or like a shitty annoying game. The longer the the game is, and potentially the longer the atom is, the the more likely it is that you're going to have a shitty time versus a good time. Because if your session is short, right? Yep. Like to have a satisfying session of Dota and guarantee it, you probably need like four hours so you can play like four games, right? Right. Whereas like Rocket League, to play four games, you need twenty minutes or whatever, thirty yep. minutes. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I, I think one thing reading through this chapter, like I said, that was enlightening about my preferences in gameplay is that I, at least in the, over the last 10 years, like I said, I feel like this has changed since when I was younger, when I uh-huh. put a ton of time in Ocarina of Time. You well, know. when you had your sessions were really long then, too, exactly. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. When the the change in dynamic has now been that the, the my session lengths have changed dramatically. And... Uh, I mean, there's other things too. Like, I there's other reasons that make some certain experiences more compelling to me or not. But this particular one is a big deal for me. Uh, the a game with a long with a, the longer the atomic length is of a game, right? Mm-hmm. The the greater chance there is that I might not be drawn to it. I I have sure. I've seen in the patterns sure. of things, or even what? the game length. Maybe not even the atomic length. A game length can be a part. I mean, it's. I think it is the atomic length. I was thinking about it because if, if the, uh, if the atomic length is tied to the game length, then the game length is long. Like I kind of feel like battle royales. At least in my stage, I'm not like a super big battle royale player. Then yes, then that is an element. But like I, um, 
I, I do think game element is important for me, but like I play, uh, I it's I used to play a ton of the Halo Five Warzone experience, which those games compared to the Slayer games are probably like three or four times long, three or four okay. times longer than a comparative Slayer game. But the there's a ton of compelling atomic moments through that, especially uh-huh. since those games kind of evolve, kind of like a MOBA, right? Like the beginning of a MOBA match plays differently than three fourths mm-hmm. of the way through, right? Totally. So. Uh yeah, I still kind of feel like the um the atomic thing is the most important, but I do agree mm-hmm. the game length can't be too long either. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah, that's super cool. Uh yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Like I, in my opinion, so much of this kind of talk surrounded around the atom, so much of these things kind of boiled back down to the atom and its relation to game and session length. Uh, but there there is other interesting things about match. Maybe one day we'll we'll kind of come back to some yeah. of this stuff. Anything else you want to say? Game lengths part two. Uh, all I gotta say is, where can people find us? KaleQualEntertainment.com. There you can find links to all our social media, especially, most importantly, of all, Discord. Join Woo! our Discord. Come get deets on the game. Come Discord. talk to us. Come hang out with the community. Um, now that we are all sort of coming back to normal time now, you know, after our vacations, end of the year, mm-hmm. chilling, it's about to be ramp up goodness time come and hang out with us uh we do giveaways in there we do giveaways fucking everywhere instagram discord you should be following us if nothing else just to win free stuff um yep. uh, in addition check out our website there you have links to our merch and to our patreon if you would be yes. so speaking generous of our patreon you yep. got a patreon question for this week we do we do um, yeah, which this we probably is should have done before you perks. told people where to find us, but that's fine. <laughs> it's okay. This is one of the perks of the Patreon. You get a ton of other perks. Also today, sent out free stickers to our patrons who have Woo! now hit their three-month interval. Every three months, they get a free sticker. For the Koala Manjaro guys, the $10 a month guys, every six months, they get free merch. They literally choose whatever the fuck they want from the store, and we send it to them for free. Anyway, those are just some now, of the benefits. Let's hear this question. For this question, we got to we gotta limit ourselves because we could do a... Uh, probably 10 podcasts on this question okay so let's try let i think i'm gonna alter the question slightly to say what are the top two things that make you passionate about video games or what are two things that make you passionate about video games i think one thing the first thing is Mm -hmm. that uh, and the main thing that i find like i today i was i was sitting here and i was thinking about like wouldn't life be easier to just stay in our comfortable jobs and make content about games, you know? And I was thinking, uh-huh. but that's not the same. The, because what you can't do, what only like make, I feel like this, the, one of the things, one, the, my first thing is like the experience you can elicit out of a person through video, through a video game. I, I think about some of the experiences I've gone through, like how you can like, uh, we talked about Utopia in our Utopia episode, episode 51, how games can even have like a transformative nate element to them for a person. You can be a point in life experiencing a game where you're uniquely in a game. You're, it's interactive. You are driving. It's you in there. You know, it's mm-hmm. not a character you can associate with it. Like it's you if executed well. And that can just you can it can bring about an experience that i don't think you can have in other forms of media um has its shortcomings too in that regard but also its unique elements and being able to elicit those kinds of experiences is one what about you that makes you passionate about video games yes that's awesome um i think 
the first thing that makes me passionate about video games is honestly just like how mentally stimulating video games are like for me there are very few other things that exist in the world that are as mentally stimulating for me as a, as playing a video game um and when i say mental stimulation i mean like something that challenges your mind to like think and act and execute in specific ways um you know when you think about like this is like I tell this to people all the time. I like watch very little TV, very little movies, and that's just because those things aren't mentally stimulating to me like a video game is. Like in all those situations, I would rather just be playing a video game. Yep. You know? Yeah, and no, so I... for me, like that that makes me very that's the thing that makes me passionate about playing video games for sure. Um I think you you know, this question is just what makes you passionate about video games. Yep. Um I, I guess I'll just do both of mine and then we'll yeah, snake yeah, back to yeah. you. So the thing that makes me passionate um, also about just video games in general, but also about making video games is just like how the depth of design that can happen in a video game is so, so much more interesting than in any other medium. Do you mean that from the, from the perspective of the depth of the logical connections in a design sort of sense? Or just, like, what you can accomplish, right? It's sort of like what you were saying. Like, how you can create an experience for someone in such a unique way. And, like, I can just be like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if the dude could, like, do a triple jump 360 and shoot this thing and then, it like, have something crazy happen? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, yeah, totally could. Yeah, <laughs> we could do that, right? Like, that, yeah. Sort of the infinite like, canvas of it is what makes yeah, it like interesting Yeah, like, the canvas and the flexibility of the medium, I think, right? Like, because a video game can basically be a movie, right? Like, Uncharted. Like, you can just basically have a movie as a video game. But you can also have, like, a pure video game experience, like a rhythm game. Right. right. And just like there's such a spectrum in between those that transcends like all other forms of media, but also has like its own unique elements that none of those forms of media can touch. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Um, not necessarily exactly the same, but sort of similar. I think probably the second thing for me is almost accidental. I feel like I got into software engineering on accident. I'm going to be honest. Uh -huh. Like, uh, I stumbled into it when I decided to have a more stable life. <laughs> and one thing that I have come to find is I actually thoroughly enjoy it. And I find, I guess it's so, it's similar in it, it from the intellectually stimulating part. But I don't know how, it's hard to explain to people who are not like, holy shit in chat, sexy panda, what the fuck, dude? Gifted I, five tier ones. It's way, it's worth Showing up in the audio podcast right now, Sexy Panda Rocket League. First of all, if you're listening to us, Sexy Panda is a really cool guy. I really enjoy his content. He's just a consistent grinder in Rocket League. Go check him out. Uh, he's being extremely generous right now, dropping all kinds of love in the chat. You can find him at Sexy Panda RL, actually on Instagram as well. Post good shit all the time. Go check him out. So um, thank you very much, Sexy. Again, um, what I was saying is... The, the being able to use leverage technology to create it is is part of it to me, right? Like, ah, uh, I, I, it's so it's in like it's so fascinating to me that this game I'm seeing on my screen, right? 
in the background it's ones and zeros dude like it's just <laughs> electrical uh-huh. signals you know yeah like yeah. um how to create that out of that is just I, I don't know that's it's just so cool it's so cool it's to, pretty fascinating yeah like to i mean the even just like adding two numbers is fascinating like when when you saw like those Minecraft videos when Minecraft first came out and someone's like I made a calculator in Minecraft that can add two numbers and you look at like how much fucking shit had to go into that like contraption and then right. you think about like how much must like has to go into making a game it's like mind blowing right yeah dude and yeah like the ticketing system and the AI implementation of Doom right where like implementing assist that's like so fucking cool right like i have six demons in the room what's the like dynamically scaling the amount of attacks available to that group of demons based off of the metrics that the player's bringing into that battle how are they doing how many times have they died i'm scaling my ai's response to that that's fucking cool like that's just ah anyway like that kind that implementational detail of games uh, is is very satisfying and, and like there's the music aspect all this like me i don't know man I, we've worked on some crazy software stuff we know of some crazy software projects i personally don't feel like they hold a candle to like a game you know like i i, I agree 100 percent with the Unless creative we're talking, elements like, super computer quantum computing shit maybe is getting close but that's only that's because that's on like the cutting edge of technology i mean so in a way like algorithmically some of these might be but like it's tying technology something that in a way i almost feel like something cold like software along with like the art of experience of music of of art environmental art and stuff it's fucking crazy yeah i think because we both have like creative sides to who we are as people like through music and other and other mediums i think that totally rings true for both of us especially right like video games are the creative like bridge between software and like all of the other creative pursuits in the world like hey it's cool this vista looks cool but man when you put a fucking e minor over it and (laughs) you have that waterfall like shimmer hitting you know your visor oh that's it's not the same minor just saying yeah that's right g minor (laughs) Is, is is rather good i must say <laughs> anyway thank you all for listening this week it's been yep. quality time 56 see you guys next week uh join us in the discord love to talk ooh, to you ooh. goodbye see ya. all right <laughs>